0: Now, let me introduce you to the person who will be preaching God's word today. Um, Andrew, could you come up here? This is Andrew Burke. Andrew, come and join me up at the podium. I think you're, they've turned you on, I hope. Yeah. Can you hear me? Oh yes, I think Good. we can hear you. Well, Andrew, it's lovely to have you with us. Come, you come towards the podium so we can see you, hopefully, on the live stream as well. Um, Andrew um, comes from Ballycullen. And Now we all know Ballycullen, and Black- we have actually got the same initials, haven't we? BCC, Blackrock Community Church, Bally Cullen Community Church, and we're both church plants over the last couple of decades from Grosvenor Road Baptist Church. So it's lovely to have Andrew. I'm going to ask him a couple of questions, yeah. so you'll get to know Andrew. Well, firstly, Andrew, tell us. Well, we have heard your name, but tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you do? Um, what do you do nine to five, Monday to Friday?
1: Yeah, Eight to five, unfortunately, it's a (laughs) nine-hour day. Um, I work for Wix.com, which is a website building company, is a number you might know. Um, So I'm a product support specialist with Wix. Um, So I help our user base with their technical issues um, and work on projects on the side.
0: Brilliant. And so are you based working from home? Or do you work...
1: I've worked from home for 19 months. I only ever worked from home for the company until about three weeks ago, where I went to the
0: office for the first time. Wow. Okay, so this is all very new yeah. in terms of getting back to, to things post-pandemic. And, and tell us then about, about Bally Cullen. How long have you been involved with Bally Cullen?
1: I have been in Bally Cullen for 13 years at this point, um, so since I was a wee little lad um, of 11 years of age. Um, and I've been involved in, I grew up in the youth ministry in Ballycullen, and I've been a youth leader, and I interned in the church for a year following uh, finishing in Trinity in 2018, um, and then after that I moved into the working world. Um, but, I've, so I've been in Ballycullen for 13 years, and I've served in different ways and capacities.
0: Brilliant. Well, it's, it's just lovely to have you, and we're looking forward to you preaching from Psalm 121 in, in a few moments' time. Um, So thanks so much. Let me pray for Andrew just as as we come to God's word in a moment. Father, thank you for your hand on Andrew's life. Thank you for Ballycullen, a sister church where the gospel is proclaimed. And Father, we pray that you would um, help Andrew in the working world, in the office, as he does his work, and also as he serves you as part of a local church over in Ballycullen. And we thank you for them. And Father, we ask that for each one of us as we think about the, uh, the churches we're part of, local church ministry, that you would help us all to think of our involvement and how we might continue and keep going in that involvement or recommit to that involvement for the sake of Christ in this city. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks, Andrew. Well, I hope you'll turn in your Bible to Psalm one hundred and twenty-one, Guan is going to read for us. That's Psalm one hundred and twenty-one. I'll just w- wait for this to come on. So today's reading is from
1: Psalm one hundred and twenty-one, Song of Ascents. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. If you'd like to keep your Bibles open to Psalm 121, uh, we'll work our way through that this morning. I'm just going to pray before I begin. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that it is living and active, and we pray as we look at Psalm 121 this morning that you would encourage our hearts for those who believe, and you would challenge the hearts, Father, of those who do not know you. So we pray, Father, that we would have attentive ears this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. I imagine we all woke up with a little bit of shock possibly on Thursday morning. I have been consumed by Sky News the past 72 hours, um, endlessly watching everything ensue in Ukraine. I have two work colleagues who are in Kiev and I haven't heard from them. I feel helpless. Speechless. I I don't know what to think. And that's what actually brings me to Psalm 121. It brings me to know that help is external. It's outside of myself. This morning, I wonder where does your help come from? When a relationship falls apart, when a son or daughter leaves the faith, when work becomes too much, When doubts creep in and you struggle to pray, wondering if God really cares. The author of Psalm 121 would want us to know that God is our helper and our keeper, both now and forevermore. Psalm 121 is a song of ascent. The songs of ascent comprise 15 psalms from Psalm 120 to Psalm 134. And what was the purpose of these psalms? Well, just like an anthem at a rugby match is meant to stir up passion and rile within the team and the supporters, we know that well with the Six Nations going on now, these songs stirred up affection in the Israelites as they traveled the long road to Jerusalem for feasts like Passover and the Feast of Tabernacles. Singing these songs was a way to remind oneself of who God is. And and traveling isn't easy. We all know pre-COVID days, you had a rush to pack your bags, making sure you had your boarding pass, your passport, organizing a taxi or a lift, making sure you've got all your sunscreen if you're from Ireland. And if you have children, it requires more effort. It can be dangerous as well. A couple of years ago, a man had a heart attack on a plane as I was coming home from Cyprus. We descended 30,000 feet in 15 minutes. I was sweating buckets on the plane. Like, I can't even describe it. And the reality that life is hard, and we walk through this life, and the road is tough, is the background to this psalm. And the truths which were sung by the Israelites back then are the very same truths that our hearts need to sing today. So first we see in verses 1 through to 2 that God is our helper. Let us read verses 1 and 2. I lift up my eyes to the hills from where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Something really frustrating in life is math problems particularly if you weren't good at maths in school like me. But one of the best strategies to cope with tough questions, maths questions, is a strategy my teacher used to say. She would say, what do I know to be true? So when you don't fully understand what God is doing, one of the best questions to actually ask is, what do I know to be true about God? And the truth we see here is that God is our helper. He watches over every part of my life, never sleeping. The, the psalmist faces a problem in verse 1. He looks up to the hills, and it causes him to ask where his help comes from. There's, there's trouble ahead. He feels vulnerable. And these journeys put one in a position of vulnerability. The roads to Jerusalem would have been paved with Bandits, thieves, wild animals. There would have been mental, emotional, physical, spiritual challenges along the way. And the psalmist's first action is to remind himself of who God is. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Amidst the vulnerability of life, the psalmist looks straight to God. During the troubles and worries that we face, where do we first look for respite? Where do we first look for a breath? Do you look to your savings and your finances? Do you look to your material possessions for comfort? Do you use your social media feed to distract you? The writer here is telling us, do not look in the wrong places. In in life's challenges, we need to recognize that true help, it comes from God. And and get rid of any thought that God does not care or he doesn't want to help. From from verses 1 and 2 here, know this, the very same God that spun galaxies into motion by the power of his word is the very same God who provides for those who believe in him. God is bigger than any stress, anxiety, or problem we face in this life. And the psalmist wants us to know that this God of heaven and earth is a God of constant care. He's never relaxed He's never kicking back, ignoring us. And further, we can trust Him as our perfect heavenly Father. And we need to trust Him that He is more than able to help because He is our Father if we know Him. So when we face hills in life, observing problems and circumstances that seem scary, that seem beyond us, We must look beyond those hills to the one who made them. Because the maker of heaven and earth delights to care for his children. And he is bigger than anything we will face in this life. So God is our helper from verses 1 to 2. Next we see from verses 3 through to 8 that God is our keeper. This is an important thing. We see the word keep here is repeated six times in verses three through six. And I'm going to say God is our keeper, and this is expressed in three ways. The first way we see is this is a God of unwavering control. His, his control does not waver. In verses three through four, let's read He will not let your foot be moved, he who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. When you hop on a flight, you trust the pilot even though you don't know them. When you hop on a boat, you trust the captain even though you don't know them. So when we're Christians and we know the God of the universe, why do we forget that he has everything under control? And God's Control. It's not put off by the choices of men and women. Also, do not believe the lie that he is unwilling to deal with our problems. He is sovereignly watching over us. Sinclair Ferguson calls this keeping of God, which is also the other word we see, protecting, he calls it a watch care without interruption. And and the Hebrew word here to keep shamar means to keep, to guard, to attend to carefully, to watch over. And, and God, we see here, is watching over us individually, and he's watching over us as a body, as a whole. Hence the reason Israel is mentioned here. So he looks after us individually, but also corporately. And verses three or four are also clear that God will not let us slip what does this mean though? Because surely an Israelite would have grazed their knee walking the paths to Jerusalem. And we face hardships today. The promise of the Psalm here isn't is for the Israelite then and for the Christian now is not that you're never going to stub your toe, or that you're gonna you're never gonna step on a Lego brick when you tidy the house, but That no injury, no illness, no distress, no accident will overcome us. We will not be separated from God's purposes for us. We only must look to Jesus, the perfect pilgrim who underwent grave suffering and hardship, in which God sustained and carried him throughout. God remains firm throughout the trials that we face in this life. And further, he does not fall asleep. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. We all know what it's like to be up to the early hours of the morning, life preoccupying our mind, worrying about all the details and the intricacies of existence and what it means to be human. But that's not true of God. He has an infinite supply of energy. He never gets drowsy. He doesn't sleep on the job. He's there when we need him. And the fact that God never sleeps is the truth that allows you and I to actually put our head to the pillow at night and rest. So when the day is tough, and you've had a tough day in work, in school, in university, when you don't understand everything that's going on, when you put your head to that pillow... Remind yourself that the God of heaven and earth is watching over you. Next we see in verses five through six that we are guarded closely, protected closely. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is the shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. Julie Gold wrote the wrote and sang the Grammy Award-winning song From a Distance in 1986. You might say, you don't look that old, and I'm not. I was born in 1996. Either way, in 1986, she sang the song From a Distance, and, and she commented that this song transported her to the center of her being and the universe. And she sang, God is watching us, God is watching us, God is watching us from a distance. After reading verses 5 through 6 here, the psalmist would say otherwise. He would say, there's a close, personal God who exists. The Lord is the shade at your right hand. There's nothing closer than our own shadow. Yet the psalmist is saying, God is closer. And in the searing heat of the day as the pilgrims marched to Jerusalem and the cold darkness of night, they needed to know that God was close on the journey. You see, there's, there's a dangerous idea that has been professed in the last number of decades, which is this idea that God created the universe, he set everything into motion, and he's left it to run on its own. He's not involved in the lives of people now, and he doesn't intervene in any way. That idea is known as deism. And, and if you are to believe such a thing, well, prayer is pointless, hope is lost, and fear fosters. But the psalmist comforts us by telling us, that's pure nonsense. At the core of who we are as Christians, we desire a compassionate and caring creator. And the truth is, we have a compassionate and caring creator. In fact, after the coming of Christ, God lives within Christians through the indwelling Holy Spirit. In John 14, Jesus promised a helper, a counselor to his disciples would come to be with his people. And the truth is, there's more comfort for the pilgrim now than there was back then because the Spirit, the third person of the triune God, indwells in the believer, protecting us, guiding us, teaching us, interceding for us. And in that closeness, God protects us. And we see that expressed in verse 6. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. What I I think this is saying here is God is going to be with us both in the physical exhaustion that we experience under the sun. The Irish know that well when we go on holidays to a hot country. And the spiritual exhaustion that we experience. This idea of being under the moonlight is this dark night of the soul but this also expresses the totality of life. Affirming the tender care of the Father from the rising of the sun to its setting, from the appearance of the moon to its fading, God watches over his people without interruption. Close. Henry Law, who was an Anglican bishop in the 18th century, wrote, The eyes of the Lord through day and night from the opening to the closing of the year are immovably fixed on his people. He is a shadow of a great rock in a weary land. We live in weary times. We live in hard times. God is our refuge and strength an ever present help in times of trouble. He is a great shadow in this weary land, protecting and guarding us closely. And finally, we see here in verses seven through eight, uh, we are protected, we are kept continually. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. What a promise for someone on that journey. Going out, You're coming in from this time and forevermore. It's a promise our hearts need to hear. God will keep keeping us. The devil, the world, your own flesh. It cannot harm you when your eyes are fixated on him. And when you walk through life, through all the twists and turns, God is the ever watching guardian. This this is the reason why I believe a Christian cannot lose their salvation because the giver of the gift of salvation keeps both now and forevermore. The psalmist has been repeating this truth throughout this whole psalm that humans will only ever find true help external to themselves. True protection outside of themselves. And the worst lie anyone can ever tell themselves is, "I don't need God's help." And we can be tempted to believe that we can do it ourselves when the hard times kick in. And when we think that we can tackle life on our own terms, we put God off to the side. and And, and this lie that we live is rooted in our own pride as humans. Pride convinces us that w- the creature is more important than the creator. And in these last two verses we see, it's, it's not only life now that is on the cards, but it's eternity too. All of us are blinded by a thick fog of pride at some point, and we dismiss God. God. And, and our pride has the primary objective of sending us away from the great helper and keeper of our souls. And every prideful and ultimately sinful human being must pay the price for rejecting God, and that is eternity away from him. To get God's greatest help, we must humble ourselves to the fact that we have a great need. To be free from sin, we must admit, God, you are the only one who can help. And the proof that God is the true helper and keeper is seen in its fullness at Calvary. When life is tough and when the road is hard, look to the cross where God made provision for salvation. The greatest help, the greatest rescue we ever needed was being saved from the wrath and condemnation that was due to us and our sinful hearts. Jesus' death was the means to bring us back to God, the Son of God, receive the judgment we deserved. He overcame death, he resurrected, so that you and I can walk through this life as pilgrims with a certain knowledge that sins are forgiven now, we can have life and joy now and have eternal security under him, both now and forevermore. And the psalmist's triumphant conclusion that God will maintain his help and protection both now and forevermore is what should be our battle cry. In John 10, verses 27 through 28, Jesus reminds his followers, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. And they follow me. I give them eternal life. And they will never perish And no one will snatch them out of my hand. No one is going to snatch you out of Christ's hand. God will keep you. So lift your head in the challenges of life and ask yourself, what do I know to be true about God? Where does my help come from? And when we look at Psalm 121, it comes from our helper, God. It comes from our keeper of now, forevermore. Rhett Dodson wrote in his book, Marching to Zion, The road to heaven is treacherous. The path presents many perils, but the Savior will walk with you every step of the way. Christ is all you need for the dangerous journey. That's the pilgrim's assurance. The road to heaven is treacherous. The path presents many perils. But the Savior will walk with you every step of the way. Christ is all you need for the dangerous journey. That's the pilgrim's assurance. So when life is hard, when you're struggling, when you feel like you're being pushed in from every side, don't look within yourself. You will be crippled by the inability of humans to control and cater to everything. We cannot hold the weight of the world on our shoulders. But if we look to the God of everything, we will find all the help we need. All the resources we have through his word, through his son, through his indwelling spirit, and through his people. God has given us those resources to help us on this journey of life. And the very same God who cared for pilgrims on that long, treacherous, and dangerous road to Jerusalem all those years ago. Is the very same God who will carry us along the path of life and bring us to the heavenly Jerusalem. Our helper, our keeper, whose control does not waver, who guards us closely, who keeps us continually. God is our helper, He is our keeper, He is our heavenly Father. And that's what we need to know as we walk as pilgrims through this life. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are our great helper, Lord. The God who made heaven and earth. But more importantly, the God who has sent his son. To die on our behalf that we might be reconciled to you. So Father, we pray, Lord, in our hearts this morning, whatever is troubling us, whatever is challenging us, whatever we're struggling with, that we look outside of ourselves to you, the one who is willing to help and care for his children and the one who will keep us to the end no matter what comes our way. We pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen.